Major support for Carolina Business Review provided by Grant Thornton. Operating in more than 100 countries, our tax audit and advisory professionals specialize in helping companies unlock their growth potential. Colonial Life, providing benefits to employees to help them protect their family, their finances, and their futures. And Sonoco, a global manufacturer of consumer and industrial packaging products and provider of packaging services with more than 300 operations in 35 countries. Beyond being commercial, what is an organization's responsibility to the community in which it operates? Welcome again to the most widely watched and the longest running source of Carolina business, policy and public affairs. I'm Chris William. Thank you for supporting this dialogue seen across the Carolinas for 29 years. The shorthand name for this discussion may be called corporate social responsibility. However, it feels much broader than that. What is significant to consider internally and externally to this? And what is easily described as corporate social responsibility or CSR? Does it take into account the complexities, including the environment, economic impact and the softer science of what might be an organization's compassion for society. In a moment, we will unpack CSR with four experts. We'll start in a moment. Gratefully acknowledging support by Martin Marietta, a leading provider of natural resource-based building materials, providing the foundation upon which our communities improve and grow. Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association. Visit us at SouthCarolinaBlues.com. The Duke Endowment, a private foundation enriching communities in the Carolinas through higher education, health care, rural churches, and children's services. Bearings, a leading global asset management firm dedicated to meeting the evolving investment and capital needs of its clients. Learn more at Bearings.com. On this edition of Carolina Business Review, Sarah Fawcett of United Way of the Midlands, Vicki Lee Parker from NC Business Council, Jay Everett of Wells Fargo Foundation, and Dr. William Hawk, Jr. of the Darlamore School of Business, USC. Hello, welcome again to our program. It's very important uh, to disclaim and, and fully disclose here that I am an employee of Wells Fargo and have been for 30 years. And I say that because we do have a, a, a team member of Wells on this panel and it would be appropriate for everyone to know that. So I'll start with you, Jay. Uh, so we talk about this idea of corporate social responsibility and Jay, it's, it's called by a lot of different names, it seems like. Mm -hmm. CSR, corporate social impact investing, whatever you want to call it. Is it, what, is there, a, is there a standard working model of what CSR is now? Does there need to be? Are you getting closer? Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? It, it is referred to by a lot of different terms, so it can be a complex topic. But I have found that at the end of the day, if you can look at it and think about what are companies and businesses doing to support profit, kind of what you would expect them to normally do for shareholders, that type of thing. But also, what are they doing to support people? And that's people in communities and social service needs that are out there that impact the markets where corporations and businesses do their work. And then what are you doing to help the planet? So kind of people, profit, and planet is a more simplified way to look at a model of, you know, how are we addressing those topics and issues? And you ask a great question, is it getting any more simple or is there a way to, to align it in measurement? There are 
um, actually global reporting index standards that a lot of companies are starting to use and consistently report so that when you stand back and you look at what are companies and businesses doing, there's a common analysis that allows you to say, are you really having impact in those three areas? Vicki Lee, I can see you nodding out of the corner of my eye. Um, is that because you agree with Jay or you think there needs to be more definition around what CSR is and some standardization? Yeah, well, I certainly agree. I mean, it's like the million dollar question, you know, because people want to understand and we're trying to, we love standards and we want to be able to to clearly define what this is. And, you know, he's right. You know, it really is simple. It is people, it is planet, and it is profit. And it's just really starting to, companies are starting to look at those three measurements where, you know, we look at our history of business, it started where it was profit driven. And so we're, what we're seeing now is the shift to go back to look at those other two areas mm -hmm. and give them more equal weight and how you, you know, define your, your success and you also are having consumers who are starting to look at those as well they may not describe it as people profit and planet uh, but that's exactly what they're doing Sarah how does this wash over you I mean I think it's absolutely right you know when I think about when I started in private industry years ago what it was like then it was it was more of a community obligation mm -hmm. and today it's part of the business imperative in terms of having alignment, in other words, your, your corporate social responsibility goals need to align with your profitability goals and they need to align with the interest Okay, of so let, not to interrupt you, but is that because it's driven internally as a directive from the C-suite? Is that because customers have said it? Is that because there's momentum? What, what, is, what has given this life and what has expanded the, the I th reach? I think it's all of the above. I think that uh, businesses have realized that it's more than just writing a check in the community today. Mm -hmm. Those checks are still important, don't get me wrong, but it's more than just writing the check. It's also determining based on what the expertise of your company is and the expertise of your employees are, how else can we invest in the company mm -hmm. to make this a better economic opportunity for everybody, to set the community up better for further development. It's, it goes beyond just, okay, yes, we have an obligation to serve or to, to financially support the underprivileged in our community. Dr. Hawk, hold on one second, Vicki, I'll come back to you. But Dr. Hawk, I think about uh, not just being the economist at the table, but you've had a purview globally. And as Jay said about global reporting, how does that drive what happens domestically around CSR? Well, it's going to be always an extra issue, I guess, for companies that are doing business internationally. Because you're going to run into issues overseas that you're not necessarily going to have to deal with domestically. Uh, there are you know, different sets of regulations or more often than not lack of regulations uh, in a lot of say developing countries or uh, different types of environmental challenges. And there's more of a global consciousness both on the part of businesses but also of say community activists, community leaders and so forth. And that is going to uh, mean that, yeah, you're, uh, there's more of a responsibility to do well globally and it, not just in your local, say, community where you have your headquarters. And I'm sorry, again, to interrupt you, is it additive to global, is it additive to CSR or is, is, does it slow it down? Is it a tax on CSR when you've got to consider a global, now we've got global reporting, I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but yeah. is it? Um, I don't know necessarily that it needs to be a tax. Um, if uh, you're operating globally, presumably there are very good business reasons for why you're doing so. 
but you know there's going to be some extra challenges that come along with that. So you get uh, both, I guess, you know, benefits and costs from doing that. Vicki Lee, I yeah. interrupted you. Yeah. You were going to say something. Well, I was just, you know, as, as, as the driver, you were asking about, you know, what are some of the drivers? And I think what has also kind of pushed us to this point is that now, the, you know, we've had companies like Wells Fargo that's been doing this long enough that now the data is really showing that when you do put this emphasis on those other two areas, that it does help with the profits. Mm -hmm. It does help, in, you know, stabilize and help your bottom line over time. So there are a number of studies now uh, of looking at companies that have, have incorporated what I call sustainable business practices. That's just another term to throw out at you. Uh, you know, where you compare their earnings and their return on assets and return on equity to traditional companies that did not put those in place over a time period, uh, you see that they're outperforming. So now the data is really starting to back it up. And so they start to see that this really does uh, boost mm -hmm. the bottom line. Jay, Jay, you know, I think of, uh, of course, Wells does it, uh, of Sunoco, Duke Energy, Lowe's, Mark Marietta, take your mm -hmm. pick. I mean, they all have been identified as, as, as great uh, community uh, leaders. But when you're not in that tier and you don't have the kind of resources to bring mm -hmm. to bear, how does a mid-sized company, 10 to 50 million, how do they do it? That's a great question. I mean, I, I work for a Fortune 50 financial services company. We donated $444 million last year to nonprofits around the country. That's more than a million dollars a day going out to support the community. But if you are a smaller or mid-sized company, and you work with a lot of these companies yeah. with your role in, in North Carolina, um, they can actually get in the game, and I think they have a responsibility too. And quite frankly, we enjoy working with some of those mid-sized companies in our markets. And I think the key is to take a step back into your point. What is the business that they're in? If they're in an energy business, then they can do some things around sustainability. If they happen to be a smaller financial services firm, they can focus on financial capability for people and financial literacy. Um, find what's material to your business. Find what your employees are passionate about and work with people in the community like consult with United Way to find out what are the highest and greatest community needs and find ways to act locally to make a difference. It's not that complex. Yeah. yeah. And I would say that it's important too for a company to, re you, you can have a mismatch of what your CSR goals are, what your profitability or corporate goals are, and what your, the expertise that your employees bring to the table. And so, and, and, and you can see that, you know, if a, if, uh, I don't want to give an example because I don't want to, I can think of a couple of yeah. examples, but I don't want to give yeah. them here for obvious reasons. Break but, cover here, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, if there's, but if there's a mismatch between, between what your company's goals are and what you're trying to do from a CSR perspective, you're not going to be as effective. Every company brings strengths. Every group of employees brings strengths to the table, and, and CSR is a great way to do that. Bill, can you strip it down economically and say, yeah, CSR nine times out of ten is, again, is additive to an organization, is additive to community? I mean, can you look at it in a one-dimensional way that way? Um, well, I think it's additive perhaps on uh, multiple dimensions. I think first it's good for community relations. I mean, that's where your customers are going to uh, live, and that's where um, uh, public relations comes into uh, comes into play and that's going to be part of your business strategy. But then I think also in terms of feeling like your workers, uh, your employees are making meaningful contributions to the community and that they feel good about mm -hmm. uh, the firm that they're working for, 
that's also a way that it can potentially be additive. So I, I think, generally speaking, it is an additive thing, but it can work on more than one dimension. Does it does it work beyond the gig economy and the gig worker? You know, the Amazon. The, the, oh, the, 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 sure. I mean, Ab do you get old line yeah. companies, yeah. Vicky? Ab well, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of the companies that are members of the of the North Carolina Business Council are that you know that small to mid size company, and they're doing. Um, fascinating things at you know even with one and two employees they're still making a huge impact you know even we have a number of breweries that are members for example and, and it's just amazing to see some of the things that they've done in reduction of water and resources how they are you know they intentionally use local suppliers and vendors to keep you know funds in the mm -hmm. in the local communities uh, and just to you know be able to recycle even you know simply you know using you know, paper straws. Mm -hmm. I mean, just, you know, there's always something you can do that can have a huge impact over time. And so they're able to do that and their customers appreciate it. Did, did I hear you say something? Did, well, you gonna I, I was just going to say what's very interesting is this year the world kind of rocked in the world of economy and corporate social responsibility yeah. because the corporate executive board came out and said for the first time, you know, in the past that companies basically existed to benefit shareholders and to return a profit. And this year they said they kept the shareholder in the mix, but they added four important groups. They said we are responsible to employees, and what are we doing for employees? You're responsible to communities, you're responsible to your suppliers, as well as the environment. And so this conversation about whether you're a, a Fortune 500 company or you're a growing company, um, if you look at those five groups, and say, what am I doing, and what aligns with our business in a unique way in those five areas, and you're trying to do the right thing by all those people, um, that's really the objective of corporate social responsibility. And I think you could argue a couple of things. First of all, it shouldn't have rocked the world too much because companies are already behaving in this way and doing this. You look at the internal work with employees around a fair wage, um, and you look at issues like diversity and inclusion. Companies and businesses have been leading the way in that space for a long time. But part of the fear, Jay, has been corporations, if they adopt, if they adopt the standard of CSR, that they will lose some edge economically and competitively. Have you seen that? No, and as a matter of fact, I would agree with what Vicki was saying. The studies actually show that if you do a good job in each one of those areas, you will likely be more profitable. So the shareholder actually typically ends in the you know, in the end will win. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, being willing to make that commitment up front. And that's where I think the fear or the pushback comes. But because it does, you know, let's be honest, it does require some investment up front to make sure you're paying fair wages and living wages to your employees, making going that extra step to look for a local supplier. Uh, it may cost a little bit more. Uh, so there, there are those upfront costs, but we, what we are seeing and the studies are bearing out that when you do that and you make those practices in the long haul, the returns come and they come much higher than traditional okay. businesses. And, and you know, I think if you look at those, at those pillars that they still do point back to business imperatives. Mm -hmm. Employees, yes, if you state overtly that employees mm -hmm. are one of your constituencies, yeah. what you're really doing in in my opinion, is you are saying we need to value our employees because it's a competitive job market right now. Right. And if I want to retain those, retain and engage those employees, because it's not just are they here every day, but are they here giving me their best every day, they're going to be more likely to do that if they feel like I, their employer, are giving our best back to them and back to the community. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, Sarah, as you stated, competitive job market, which also mm -hmm. infers good economy. Mm -hmm. Dr. Hawk, if the economy turns and we 
go into a recession. It's inevitable how deep it is. We don't know how long it is. We don't know. But nonetheless, does it become a harder argument for the uh, uh, continued forward momentum for CSR? If someone, as Vicki Lee just said, I'm not talking about you in the third party here, Vicki Lee, but the idea that you have to put some money on the front end of this to make CSR truly part of the DNA of a company. If that's the case, we, we slide into a recession. Is that become a harder argument for somebody to make? It's probably harder for a lot of companies to maybe start new initiatives when uh, when, when business is lean. Uh, I think that's certainly the case. Um, I would say that, again, this is something that tends to benefit companies in the long run, that if you um, are investing in, say, uh, improving your employees or improving your relationships with suppliers or improving the environment, these are things that can pay off in the long run. And yeah, sometimes there is an upfront cost and maybe sometimes in the middle of a recession, that's a harder case to make. But when you can, I think it's something that tends to benefit a firm in the long run. What, you know, what we're talking about it clearly benefits, as Jay, as you said, not just the shareholder, but the stakeholder. And I know mm -hmm. that term has been used a lot. This, and Jay, I, I, I want to start with you on this one. You know, we've got now corporate social responsibility and diversity. And both of these are important initiatives within any organization. At some point, will these come together? Will they be part of the same, I'm going to call it the softer science of an operating company, that you have diversity issues and you have corporate social responsibility that are, I'm not the, they're not the same, but they're approaching similar sensitivities. Yeah. Look, it, I think you're naming, quite frankly, the hardest element in all of this, and how do you really approach and attack issues related to diversity and inclusion and make sure that they are incorporated into your business strategy in the right way and do it in the right way. Um, I, I think that they are inextricably intertwined. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about these stakeholders, customers are one of those new groups that were named by the corporate executive board. Look at your customer base and look at the diversity in the United States and how it's only growing. If you aren't in touch with issues related to the diversity of your customer, you're going to lose business. If you aren't out there because of the you know, challenging labor force that you just talked about, helping people understand that no matter what my race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation is, that I can play a role in this company and I can be valued, you're missing out on talent and you need that talent to run your business mm -hmm. to deliver profit for shareholders. But, but I will say I think it's the most complex piece of it because you know, diversity crosses over into all these really tough social issues that we're attacking today in our, in our, our society. And um, it makes companies bump up against some areas, quite frankly, that they may be uncomfortable with that they haven't had to tackle before. So do they pigeonhole it in diversity or do they sock it away in CSR when they want to uh, attack it or say, I can't do that, I'm doing CSR right now? And now I, like I, said, I, I think that, you know, one, diversity and inclusion is an important and an inextricable part of the broader corporate social responsibility strategy of any company or business. Do you, do you hear that with your yeah. members? You well, for the council, that's part of our core value mm -hmm. is diversity and inclusion. And, and, the, and the companies that join us and they take you know, a pledge, that's part of, of how we define uh, being a good corporate uh, citizen is that diversity and inclusion is part of, of your values. And, and again, we, tr we make the case, you know, because it is a business and we recognize that. 
And we make, even if you're doing well, you know, I, I don't know how many studies are out there, but it's clear that when you diversify your workforce, you can only do better because you're bringing in, you know, you're attracting more customers. If I bring in someone who's different from me, they're also gonna attract other customers that are different from who I've been serving originally. So it, it's a win-win. If you're really in, in the business to mm -hmm. make money, you know, diversity still is a good case. So, so does diversity, is diversity fold up under, and I, I might mm -hmm. be doing too scientific about it's this, but it does it become part of CSR, or it does it become there's a dotted line between the two? I, you know. Well, the way the way that I look at it is that I see companies investing in CSR now the way that they began to invest in diversity and inclusion inclusion initiatives 20 and 30 years ago, mm -hmm. and they're seeing the payoff now because you do have to spend time and money and resources um, on on both issues. But so I'm, I'm I see it a little bit different in that we we're using a similar model where companies are setting up internal structures that are now allowing them that you had to set up internal structures around diversity and inclusion uh, again 20 30 10 years yeah. ago that are now maturing and I mean we still we always need to keep our eye on the ball with diversity and inclusion particularly on the inclusion side mm -hmm. I would say mm -hmm. but um, with CSR what we've seen are companies of lots of sizes. For example, now instead of just writing a check for sponsorships, they're now, they still sponsor and they still do mm -hmm. those kinds of things, but now they're all, almost, almost all the, the major companies that we work with now have corporate foundations. And you're working not only with them on the marketing side for sponsorships, but you're working with them also on their foundation side, which in many cases is a, is a relatively recent structure, but it allows them to make bigger investments in the community in a planful way instead of a instead of in kind of the old-fashioned model which is who was knocking on our door so this is way oversimplifying bill but it, are we witnessing as we discussed with csr and diversity and inclusion are we witnessing the evolution of the commercial organism uh, organism is that what's going on here I think it's probably different than it was a couple decades ago. I think um, if you go back in time, there was uh, this famous article by Milton Friedman who said the social responsibility of a business is to increase its profits. Right. Uh, he said, you know, that was actually the article that he wrote that he got the most off-print requests for uh, in his entire career. Um, but that was 1970s, and I think there has been an evolution over the last couple decades to say that, well, Doing uh, doing well with business involves more and more doing well in community, both from a community community relations standpoint, both in terms of uh, developing your workforce and corporate social responsibility. I think plays into all of that. These are these are very hard to define. How, how do you measure it? Measuring is probably one of the hardest <laughs> parts, but um, there are external studies, and also you can look at each one of those stakeholder groups. So. What are you doing around uh, employee retention over time when you have these types of policies and programs in place? What's your customer attrition rate versus the number of new customers that you bring into your and business? You, you, I'm sorry, Jay, but you can itemize losing customers to a specific CSR function uh, it, or the lack uh, of? Well, to whether you, how long you've had a policy and a program in mm -hmm. place and you've been executing on it and what has happened over that period of time. And as Vicki says, you know, it's, it, studies have shown that if you have all those things in alignment and you're doing well, that actually you do still make a profit. I think the other thing that's not being said here that's very important uh, about this kind of coming together, especially over the past 10, 15, 20 years, is um, 
society's issues have gotten so much more complex and it is hard to try to solve them, whether it is um, affordable housing for a, a region, whether it is K through 12 education, early childhood literacy, and governments alone have not been successful in doing it. Corporations alone have made foundation grants and have you know, supported programmatic programs with groups like United Way. But we've got so much more work to do. And what we're finding too is that you know, if you can get the public and private sectors working together on specific initiatives in regions, you can truly measure the outcomes there. And, and it's, it's happened in Charlotte, it's happened in other parts of the Carolinas, it's happening in places like Atlanta and Minneapolis where corporate executives come together across different industries, working with local leaders to identify the important issues that are impacting that regional community where they're operating, and getting engaged in bringing both financial capital, like grants, but also human capital, business thought and strategy to helping to solve societal problems. So, Vicki Lee, we got a minute left, less than a minute left. How do you know what's fair to expect an organization and how when an organization should say, you know, we'd love to do that, but that's not in our wheelhouse and you're not gonna be able to get that but we can do these CSR elements. Well, I, th I, th I think when you, you know, you're talking about how to measure it, I actually, I, I, I think it's easier than what we think because you, you, all businesses have a strategic plan. They know what their internal goals are. So it's really a matter of just going back, looking at that and putting this layer on top of it. So looking at it in terms of diversity and inclusion, looking at it in terms of, of employee benefits, looking at it in terms of how you treat your environment. Yeah. And look, you know, so you have your goals, you have your strategy, now you just go back with another layer and there are corporations now that are doing that. You, you know, I, I, as a former reporter, I looked at a lot of reports, but now they're adding that okay. sustainable report. I'm to sorry to cut you off. That's sure. going to have to be the last minute, but thank you. Sure. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Nice to see you. Thanks thank you for, for having me. Sarah, nice to see you again. Thank you for being thank here. And of course, Jay, glad thank to you. have you on the program. Thank you for watching our discussion. Hope your holidays are good. Thank you for your support and anything you do, and have a good weekend. Good night. Major funding for Carolina Business Review provided by Martin Marietta, Colonial Life, The Duke Endowment, Bearings, Grant Thornton, Sonoco, Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina, and by viewers like you. Thank you. Promotional consideration provided by Business North Carolina Magazine. For more information, visit carolinabusinessreview.org.